Welcome to Your Music is Bad and You Should Feel Bad. This week, I don't think we're really going to make anyone feel too bad, except maybe John Williams. Uh, we're going to review the King Diamond and Braindance shows we went to. Spoiler alert, both were pretty awesome. Uh, but in between, we talk a little bit about the new Star Wars movie, and some of it is musically relevant, uh, some discussion of the score and John Williams uh, and related topics. If you haven't seen it yet or you're afraid of spoilers, uh, don't listen to the uh, middle third of this episode. So, so anyway, what are we uh, jump into? so let's okay, let's let's try to go semi chronological. Well, yeah. Order. So we've so got King a, Diamond. We've got a big gap because Thanksgiving happened. Right, right, and then I went to Europe for a week, so right. we haven't we haven't been here in right. a while. So first, uh, but yeah, King, I think King Diamond was the yeah, first show we okay, went let's, to. Let's do the okay. So let's do the overview. So we King Diamond, Brain Dance, Lulu, and then your Europe. And then I stuff. went to a couple of shows in Europe. All right, yeah. Cool. So and, uh, true to our trend. I, I did not go to King Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably the show at all these I most wanted to go to. Well, maybe Lulu, but... Yeah. I um, most wanted to go to Braindance. Well, well we'd seen them. Because I'd already seen Lulu. I, I'd already seen Braindance. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so King Diamond, uh, which was him doing all of Abigail and... Uh, and the, uh, I think I heard their their outfits on this tour were all done by uh, by Kim. Yeah, Kim did did all their outfits. She at one point she said something like, "I'm having a really hard time getting finding good shot like shots of them on stage wearing the outfits because too many dorks went as King Diamond for Halloween." <laughs> so she's like, "So the hashtag on Instagram is all cluttered with like fan photos." Um, but yeah, no, she did the she did those. They were they were pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good show. It was like um, it was actually I want to say better than I expected because I think when I first looked up like live clips of King Diamond, I found uh, like you know he's uh, there are moments and there's enough like uh, backup. Like I, I noticed he had a there was like a female backing singer next to like the like stairway, but like she was almost like hidden next to it. Oh, I, I didn't was, even yeah, see her. She was either like doing harmony or like you know backup on parts when he wasn't just going to be able to do like a super high thing for a long time or whatever. Uh, but he was still doing a ton of it himself. Was at the same time. No, like, and he, he, really sa- he sounded good. really good. Yeah, yeah. And the last time I saw King Diamond was actually a Merciful Fate show in like two thousand. In Seattle, that was the show that Warl, Warl Dane snuck me into because oh, I was yeah, underage. Uh, I was like eighteen or nineteen, and it was twenty-one and up. Uh, and uh, no, my so my buddy Jeff goes. Uh, uh, he was trying to be like because we showed up because we were like we're, we'll just figure out a way to get in this show, and um, and he was like when they were like yeah we're not gonna let you in. Jeff was like well uh can we just like go buy some merch and so they're like okay so they like they let us in and um and then i was like i saw the band and i was like oh hey world like can we get a picture whatever he's like okay cool and then uh and then he's like all right now's your chance (laughs) like (laughs) and and uh and i headed for the balcony and i forget i forget what happened i forget like the exact sequence of events but jeff got kicked out like they caught him because we like split up and they Uh caught him and threw him out and then and i hung out in the balcony (laughs) so like jeff had to hang out in front of the venue talking to like some random homeless guy for like three hours but i think jeff was fine with it because he's like he's weird and talks to strangers and it's like thinks it's cool but it was just hilarious because uh you know, it was like we went with all of our friends uh, who who drove. Neither of us had a car and stayed all the time. So the thing was, regardless of how many of us got thrown out, like we were gonna have to wait. But I got to see the show. <laughs> Jeff had to <laughs> wait outside and talk to randos. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. That was a good show. 
um but it was on the not it was on the merciful fate nine tour mm-hmm. which that album is incredibly unremarkable so i felt like this was a way better show yeah um the thing that was weird though to go to your point about that woman being hidden right like i i didn't see her yeah and the note that i have about so they had um video screens this was at uh nokia best buy playstation (laughs) theater (laughs) in times square yeah we should back up we should talk about getting into the venue because because we had to hang out so where did we go eat we Uh, went and ate somewhere it's a mexican place but i forget which really i thought it was somewhere in my neighborhood maybe not i don't remember anyway we went and ate beforehand and then we went to the venue and there's this insane line so the the entrance is on the south side of the building so there's a line on the south side of the building that has your typical concert barricade and then they're like there's a gap because it's Times square there's a million people and they can't just like block off the sidewalk so you walk to where you think is the end of the line and they're like no this is the gap the line continues over there so you walk to the east side of the building and then you walk you know along this line and you get to the end of the block and you try to get in line they're like no this is the gap the line continues over there so then you walk to the north side of the building and you walk until you get to the end of the line and then for some reason like we were pretty close to the corner on the side we were on but for some reason after a few minutes when the line started moving the guy kept being like no no not yet right like let it go more yeah they had it they had a very unsophisticated system for managing the passing people between the gaps and they weren't able to like coordinate it correctly and there was like they just didn't have enough people for how long the line was i guess because there was this point where like there was a guy kind of orchestrating our corner and then he kind of followed the line but he was like you guys just just keep keep staying back there all right don't worry you're gonna you're gonna go to the show you you're waiting on the wrong side of the block for but just stay and and people around us were like this doesn't seem right i feel like (laughs) we should go there where the line is because it's moving and there's like the guy said to stay here not supposed to go and and finally i think we all we just went was the thing and then he was trying to send us back and we're like dude no here's the end of the line it's like oh okay yeah you're right Uh, yeah no it's like i was like he said i'm like he said send 15 yeah and like that he's like what's your number and like he said send 15 yeah like that's my number yeah it's i was standing there for way too long (laughs) now i'm standing over here roseland used to do this with their shows but they just have everyone line up around the block but at least half the time they would start letting in from the end of the line instead of the front so people would get really fucking oh man oh i i I imagine so and then didn't we uh we bumped into christina as the line was moving right right so right so christina we're saying extra friendly because i think she was trying to like no no that was the thing she 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 walks up and like hugs us and is like Oh, all the cute guys are here. And I totally thought that was her. Like, so we're going to hang out and lie with you now. But she made no it. She like just kept walking. I was like, I was going to let you cut. Like, that's cool. I mean, you didn't even have to like, you know, (laughs) uh, flatter me and give me a hug. Like, it's cool. I would have let you cut. And then she just just kept walking. And I was like, okay, cool. See, See you later. Um yeah, and, but then, so I have a note here. Okay, well, so there's a couple things. I don't know if you want to talk about uh, your experience with them patting us down twice. Oh, yeah. Um. So, okay, I have a note, but I don't know what it means now. It says standing inside waiting versus line. Um. Because there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of waiting. Oh, right, because we got in... We, we, well, we achieved our one goal, which was we missed Exodus. Right. And we timed that but there perfectly. Was a pretty Weren't big... they really good at some show recently? Not show any show I ever I, went I, to. I, I've heard enough Exodus to know that yeah, I don't care I don't how care good anymore. they are. Yeah. The best Exodus show is not, not something no, I'm I'm just really trying. Need to see. I'm just trying to think if I've ever been to a thrash show that was good. <laughs> yeah. No, because I, literally. I, no, what see? about MDF? Weren't they. Who? exodus i'm sure i skipped their set oh anyway continue sorry anyway, to derail. so uh but yeah but there was a pretty long gap in between i mean i'm 
I can see why. I guess right, because they have to do this. Set up a lot they of have that to do the setup. Yeah, the stage. stage. Stuff. Uh, but yeah, so we did end up waiting a long time. But I, I think it was still better. I think it was it was like surprisingly cold. Uh, yeah, night. you were like freezing outside. Yeah. You yeah. were like you I, you were like I'm gonna get sick standing out yeah. here. Yeah, it was. Um, I, but I mean, like I was doing okay. It was yeah, it was colder than I wanted it to be, but I wasn't. I didn't think I was gonna die. Um, but yeah, so we get inside. And then we're standing there during the changeover. My so my weird thing was um, the guy. So we stand there. It's packed when we get in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this sort of almost gets to the point where I, I wanted to mention what you're talking about was the point where we were standing because it was so packed. I'm like, well, let's just stand right in front of the soundboard because that's usually where the, the sound is the best because that's the person controlling the sound yeah. where they're hearing it from. So so we go to stand right in front of the soundboard. And the, this dude's like, uh, like, don't lean on the railing, whatever, to back to the soundboard. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm. I, that that seemed arbitrary and weird. But then the other thing is it's right where the floor, like, the floor slopes up from the stage. Like, there's a grade. And then it gets flat there. Mm. So you couldn't really see that well. Be, I mean, because yeah. I'm not that tall. And so they have two video screens. And... um so I watched a lot of the show from the video screens and the thing was, uh, yeah, I never saw this, this woman, this backup singer on the video screens. And then I actually had a note with about the, the camera work because I go, the video will show anything except whoever is soloing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. And it was like, are you serious. It was, yeah, they would like cut away or it'd be like, it'd be like, yeah, there, so there'd be like a guitar solo and they'd show like either the other guitar player or like the bass player yeah or like king like, diamonds doing some like you know theatrical thing and they're like showing the dude playing the riff and you're yeah what's going on it would be like they would be on the guitar player and then you'd be like here comes the solo and they'd be like quick cut away <laughs> and they would and i'd be like son of a bitch i haven't seen any guitar solos <laughs> um yeah normally at that venue in that area, like normally, if it's a little less packed, usually, uh, uh, surprisingly, that f- like railing there where yeah. it looks over like the lower floor, yeah, uh, is usually like not so dense that you can't get pretty close up and like see uh, without having to be right on the rail and without having to like be completely like this show. It would have you would have had you'd been sweating your ass off in yeah, between a bunch of people, the, and I didn't want to do that. This shit. This show was sold out, right? And so I was like, I, I I was like happy to to see less, but hear more, and also not be just right, like the sound super was uncomfortable. The sound was great, right? And the the other thing I wanted to do was there was a cable track. Uh, so if people don't know what I'm talking about, it, at a show when you run cables somewhere where people walk you can have like a it's like a cable track or a cable bridge and it's just like plastic that covers over the thing and it's raised up a couple inches i wanted to stand on the cable track mm. but the because then i would have been like you know two to four inches taller <laughs> and probably could have seen over some people but the, the um the security guy who told us not to lean on the thing was standing on the cable track and what was funny was during the whole show people would come by and he was he would try to tell them like, hey, look out, you know, don't trip over the cable track. But what ends up happening is when there's a metal band playing and someone yells at you, you either don't hear them at all or you hear that someone's trying to talk to you, but you don't hear what they're saying. So a bunch of people would like they're walking and so they're looking where they're walking and then he'd be like, hey, don't trip on that thing. And they would stop looking where they were walking and they would look at him and then proceed to trip on the thing. Yeah. So it was kind of like, what are you doing? Like that, and that yeah. was literally, this is what he did the whole, like the whole time. He did two things. He told people like us to not lean on the thing yeah. and then don't trip on the, and neither of these I, was things that needed to be done. I think I saw that happen at least once. Yeah, I saw it happen. Well, I, I was next to him. He yeah. like, he was on my left and then I was there and then you were on my right. Yeah. So I like, that was my whole show. <laughs> just watching him, was, him <laughs> trip people basically. Right. Cause I was like, when I got tired of not seeing solos on the screen, yeah. I would watch this guy and, and people tripping on stuff. He's really just there for insurance purposes, you know? Yeah, I. Yeah. It was just weird. I. I don't. 
like I would hate to have that job because well, if you I don't had that, really need to be there. Right. And if I if I had that job, I would know that I didn't really need to be there and I would do nothing. Yeah. But this guy felt like he needed to involve himself somehow. <laughs> don't trip over this thing. <laughs> David, I'm going to make you tripping. Hey, you there. Stop paying attention to that thing you need to pay attention to. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I have another note. It's filming the stage with no view. I feel like, like they had oh, um, they, it was the a lot of the shots were at a really weird angle. They were like oh yeah, well yeah, the, the, way mm. over. And then I have another one that says filming the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It's been too long. I should have been take, taken better notes because this was like a month ago. Yeah, but I'm sure whatever it was was hilarious. Um, the thing that was super cool was that backdrop. They had this weird, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a curtain or whatever, you know, but it, like a projection screen, but it wasn't just the back. It was the back and the sides, but the way it was illuminated, um, it was like, it, it must've been backlit or something, but I didn't think there was enough room. Like it looked awesome. LEDs, probably. On a screen hmm. that's like that huge because it looked like yeah. it didn't look like a screen it looked i mean it looked like a it, 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 i mean it didn't look like an electronic screen it looked like a if anything like a projection screen mm -hmm. you know um so i don't know it looked awesome and i i don't know how they did it but um it was really cool but yeah and they had all the crazy theatrics they had because the stage was like it was all 80s out like they played you know on the bottom and then there were two staircases and oh, like a yeah. balcony yeah. and then they did like they did the crazy stuff where like they burned stuff yeah. on the the deal and and they had the the smoke and all the theatrics and he was carrying around like a lantern and all the junk like it was super cool and they sounded really good yeah um and then they played they played a couple of merciful fate oh, tunes that's right. so part of it was a couple that other things part of what i was really happy about is the set list was like the perfect set list of every king diamond related song that i could possibly want to hear for like to feel like i had seen enough <laughs> to never like go out of my way again <laughs> was was played and, and that for me just from yeah. the random just based on like not because i even necessarily like all these songs they're just ones that i'm particularly <laughs> no. familiar be like, with i saw i saw that so there's well they did they did melissa uh which I just thought was funny. Um, yeah, I actually don't like that album. Yeah, I just think the song is... I don't, it's, it was the first I heard of Merciful Fate, and mm. just, I don't know, the whole... And just keeps seeing, like, she was a witch, and... Yeah. He just keeps repeating it, and it's like, we, we get, yeah, we get it. She was a witch. Like, all right. Anyway. So... <laughs> Repeat uh, stuff. Uh, did uh, Welcome Home, yeah. which is the best way to open a King Diamond show, which is the song about Grandma, where he <laughs> sings Grandma a lot. Um... If you don't know what we're talking about, you should immediately go to YouTube and just type in King Diamond Welcome Home because uh, I don't know how you haven't heard this song. Uh, it's either awesome or hilarious or both. Uh, and then... Usually both. Yeah, usually yeah. both. And then Sleepless Nights, which is another one I, I like, especially just because the, the lyrics are, I can't sleep at night, that's what the day is for anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like that, and then I also happen to think it's a, it's a decent song. It was like their take on, on Kiss. Yeah. Well, plus it's like a King Diamond power <gasps> oh, ballad. I saw Kiss graffiti in Prague, by the way. Oh, God. I just want to mention that. Kiss graffiti. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but so, uh, and then they did Eye of the Witch, which I don't particularly like, but I played it in Mirror Black, so whatever. And then I think that's all of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, so my favorite song that they didn't play is uh, um, The Oath, but I don't, I don't think they'll ever play that song live. Yeah. Like, I just don't think they'd be able to, but yeah. anyway. Um, I could still say that 100% uh, of my King Diamond listening experience was at Duff's, the old one. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing to do when you were blasted at that bar was stand out in the street and listen to King Diamond. <laughs> and I don't remember any of it. I just know that, <laughs> that it happened. we listened to a lot of King Diamond. Yeah, I mean, uh, if Omar was there, that would yeah. <laughs> definitely happen. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, that's pretty good, I think, for that the was, King Diamond yeah, show. Yeah, that was most of uh, what happened. It was what good. Happened. We didn't have too much to say It was because it was good, and it was... 
it was pretty much the the best of what you could expect for what it is and yeah i'm very happy with it and uh, clearly everybody else there was too because oh it yeah there were, on, and there were weird like audience members who wanted us to be more pumped oh that's like, right i forgot about that well well we know one of them <laughs> and we know he'll probably hear this but uh <laughs> whatever I that aside about. right right um but the yeah there was some dude because okay like to first of all is it that we, dude i'm not gonna say his name yeah yeah oh yeah god uh but there was also but but more amusingly there were and Randos. His, his thing was more like honestly he didn't say anything at the show he just came up and said hey or whatever and then <laughs> later on when i <laughs> right I, I, I at some point i posted something on facebook and he was like oh yeah like you guys seem like you really enjoyed it and i was like what the fuck are you talking about and that's how i heard it in my head yeah but i really couldn't tell if he's being sarcastic or not because i was like yeah i did were you being sarcastic i really enjoyed it <laughs> i think you're implying it didn't look like i was but fuck you, because who cares what it, what I look like when I'm watching a show, right? Right. So. right. Well, and the other thing is, like, you started feeling sick. You were like, right. That's I, the other thing. I really was like, again, we like we ate, it wasn't nice. We uh, we went to some nice place actually. The food was really good. But for oh, was, we went to uh, uh, Friedman's. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I love uh, that place. No, it was great. But it was the fact that like immediately after eating a large meal, I stood out in the cold for 20 minutes, and it was more than 20 minutes. Right. Dude. Right. Yeah. It was. Exactly. It was like 45 minutes. Yeah. That's. Right, I was. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, and, and in general, that's a that's a bad like being super cold like while trying to digest has always not been a great combo for me. So yeah, so I wasn't feeling great, but I still like. But even if I had been, like it wasn't. It, I still wasn't gonna be like like posing and gesturing with the like drunk metal dudes like I, <laughs> right what do you, like what right. do you expect right like, we weren't hammered enough for that show yeah, yeah no because like then after that right there was some like rando and he was like staring us down throwing horns in our face like he, and i was he, like yeah dude it's a metal show this yeah. was i've noticed this I don't is understand like any of that this is the incoherent drunk metal guy test it still <laughs> come up to you and like yeah first he kind of just looked at me like Give it, like I, I, this won't show up on the podcast, but you know he, he's giving me this look, which was kind of like that's how audio works, man. Like what's uh, like I see you watching the show, but it kind of looks like you're not that into it. And so his the the test is he just like shows you the horns and kind of looks at you like right metal right, and you're then part of the cult, right? All you have to do is just nod and go like and give him the horns back, and be like yeah, like just nod like yeah, right metal and then he'll fuck off really what i want to say is is flip off a couple <laughs> flip him a couple different fingers and be like again fuck off and let me watch the show that you are now yeah. making it harder for me to enjoy because i do enjoy the king diamond <laughs> but i'm not as i'm not drunk like you are so like, even when i'm really excited to see a show in fact especially when i'm excited to see a show if it's like Meshuga, yeah just stay the fuck out of my face and i want to see this killer band yeah and not deal with scene bullshit yeah, but it, it's not it's, metal shows, man. It's uh, <laughs> I think that you need to go to more power metal shows where everyone expects you to partake in the sing along. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Or like or like a folk metal show about, you know, pirates that drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to think of. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So like in general, uh, I've very rarely been a visibly enthusiastic person at concerts uh and if i'm going to it's like a very specific case where like it's the right kind of concert well, and no, but right. it's just no but it's just a certain it's just i mean that's kind of the way we are it's like you were talking about right. you're like i'll go see star wars but like in a couple of weeks on a tuesday matinee because i don't need any like cheering yeah multiple wins. people were like hey you want to go xyz and i was like all of those days are still this week yeah. and it's yeah. coming out this week so this is not a week. i don't know the thing i went to was awesome because there was like no one there it was free food it was at 10 in the morning because no one could get out of work <laughs> and they, well, right no that yeah. was the thing the, uh i was, they had it justified as like a networking event right no and it, and it was funny because so it was totally they were plugging arm and and why the arm i don't know because arm's trying to get in server Space. So arm, the arm dude got up there and talked, but he didn't know how to use a microphone. And then the Red Hat guy was like, "Yeah, Red Hat sent me over here so that I so we could write this off as a business expense." <laughs> but um, 
So it's a way a bunch of neck neckbeards got to get out of work yeah. and go see Star Wars. Yeah, that's it, pretty awesome. Right. And he's like, but uh I don't really have anything to say. I just brought my kid because he wants to see Star Wars. <laughs> so uh here's the movie. I should have worked it, from home yeah. that day and gone. No, no dude, it was it was great Damn. because because the theater was mostly empty, so I got to sit in the seat I wanted to sit in. There was free food. <laughs> I didn't pay, and there was no cheering. Nice. And uh, and and then you know I got to spoil however much of the movie I wanted to, depending on how much I dislike whomever I was talking to. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, but oh, so I do have a note about the music though on that. So uh, I sat through the whole credits because um I was like, well it's noon, like I don't I'm not doing anything today. Yeah. I don't need to be anywhere. So might as well sit through these credits and maybe there's like something at the end. Uh, there wasn't, by the way, so you don't have to sit through the credits. Good to know. But the, just like, so I was sitting there just being like, well, you know, I'll, like I'll listen to, to the music, whatever. And then just randomly I looked up and the credit that it was on was the music production credits. And it was like guest conductor Gustavo Dudamel. And I was like, this is frustrating for so many reasons. But I was like, but he is the conductor in L.A., so I guess it makes sense. But I was like, eh, whatever. That's some serious music nerd shit. That you want to explain not, that? Yeah. To those he sucks. That's that's <laughs> my explanation. Um, the, so the thing about Dudamel is he got his gig. So first of all, in South America, he did, he did some really good work. Like he did a lot of um, community stuff and youth orchestra stuff that really raised uh the level of exposure um for you know the orchestra and concert music in his community but but he's not a good conductor and most articles that i would see about him that were positive in the u.s press because he then went and became the conductor for the la phil were about his hair because he because he had this big kind of like curly fro thing going on and he and you know it's good marketing yeah when you're when you're one of those conductors like every conductor has their style right my favorites uh, uh as far as like we're not talking about musicality we're talking about conducting style right is uh rodovensky because he conducts with this gigantic baton like comically large <laughs> baton that he knows is comically large and he will do stuff like like a sword thrust and stuff and and i saw him conduct um hungarian dances one time and it's like he gets to like the third dance or whatever and it's like really like schmaltzy and typical romantic music and he turned around and looked at the audience like yeah <laughs> and like everyone started laughing it was so great like he's he he does not take himself too seriously um but dudamel sucks it, it, so he's bouncing around and his hair's bouncing around and like i so i saw him conduct at the at the new york phil i try to not go because the like first of all they you know play museum pieces and that hall sucks okay um it just doesn't it's not the worst hall but it's not good like it's you're not like oh i'm really glad i came and i'm hearing this in the hall mm. and i i think i think i went because um they played the nussen violin concerto i can't remember if this was this was years ago but he couldn't balance the orchestra like your job as the conductor is to keep everyone together and to keep everyone at the the right volume level so the so the blend is correct and he like couldn't do it and i was just like Ugh. like mm -hmm. how do you how do you have this job like i went to grad school with people who are better than you actually this dude i went to grad school with is the he's the conductor of the hong kong philharmonic like he's he's legitimately awesome and doing stuff mm -hmm. so good for him but <laughs> uh but like yeah doing well sucks so so then I so then I went and looked this up. So I should just say this episode is about Star Wars. Yeah, and then people totally. Will download yeah. It and they'll be like, "What is all this other shit?" I'm like, it's in there. You're Wait like, for it. it's in there. The farce <laughs> awakens. The the fury awakens. Can we work Ingbe into this oh, somehow? The most entertaining part of Star Wars. Yeah, the the end. Um, <laughs> the, I well, I told you guys yeah. the in the the worst shot in the film is the second to last shot. 
Like it's bad. It's bad. Right. It's like because that's part of the thing. The first three are so crappy with the CGI and everything. Hmm. Like this, the film like look like it looks pretty good. It yeah. shot well, and so you like you immediately feel better and like more optimistic about it. So you immediately like you're watching it and you're like, oh, I feel better. I feel better about my my hopes for this movie are raised because immediately it like it looks a yeah. lot better. Yeah. I'm gonna take this more seriously. Could you imagine and, if we? caught someone getting murdered on this podcast, on the podcast. <laughs> so then we could have our own cereal yeah. oh i think they're just playing soccer <laughs> yeah uh, or just this, being drunk and yelling it's it's saturday totally normal, night normal thing yeah where this is what cool kids do they yeah. podcast on saturday oh night. yeah no. but for me i still like i i woke up at 11 30 last night so i've been awake like forever <laughs> i'm lucky to be awake i should not be going out anyway um my sleep schedule is all screwed up from europe so, but anyway, so the, like the movie looks better and, and they do a great job. And then right at the end, you're just like, oh, you had to go and do that. The shot is terrible. It's like yeah. laughably terrible. And it's supposed to be this like super cathartic yeah. moment that, that leads into the next movie. And you're all like, yeah. And you're, and I'm just like, man, that was a bad shot. And I don't even know anything about film, but yeah. it's like when we watch the brain dance video right. and I'm like, I don't know anything about film, but I know yeah. you're not supposed to have the column, that bad? the set. Of, oh, it was worse. Oof. It was worse. than. The, it's a bad shot. It's a really, <laughs> really, it. really bad shot. It's the second to last shot in the film. Um, yeah. So then I went and I looked, I, so I looked this thing up, the Dudamel thing. I looked it up and yeah, apparently, um, John Williams is aware of how terrible he actually is. And um, he called Dudamel to, to conduct the opening and closing sequences. And it's just like... Is he more or less terrible than John Williams? Oh, he's less terrible. Because, I mean, like, it's his job. Yeah. So he's at least, like, does it all the time. Mm -hmm. Whereas John Williams is just like... But when it did like that's the other thing. A lot of these guys. So I can't speak about John Williams' process because I don't know because I don't care. But like I have a theory about it that <laughs> might be appropriate for the podcast. <laughs> well, but you go ahead. Let me... But I know like for the dudes that should be an episode. Sorry. Like Danny Danny Elfman, like the guys mm -hmm. who worked on the Simpsons and stuff. Like they write short score mm -hmm. and then they give it to an actual musician mm -hmm. who writes the full score. Um, there, and there was a interview that I read, was it Danny Elfman or Alf Clausen? It was one of those guys and it, it was for a, like a mainstream publication, like the New York times or something like that. So where the intended audience wasn't musicians, you weren't expected to know things. And they had like marked a bunch of stuff on the score and they were like, can you tell us just a little bit about these things? And one of the things they marked was the harp pedalings, and he didn't know what they were. <laughs> and I was just like, Wait, "Was this a score that he? This was this was the final score. This was score. his score, right? His, yeah. No, no, that's He's what I'm saying. He only wrote the short score, right? So it was and the, then, it was the final. Ver it wasn't right. the score that he actually wrote. Right. It was the it was the actual piece, score. right? It was right. the performed score, right. the concert score. <laughs> and like, I don't know what that shit is. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know. It's something. It's something for the harp player. Yeah, and it's like well, right, because it's on the it's on the staff that on the left harp. says harp. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yes, it is clearly something for the harp player. Well, that's the funny thing. Like, that's the same kind of issue with like people looking at orchestral music or or use of an orchestra in rock music because they they always seem to leave out the fact that somebody else got paid to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. this band was just no. Like, I actually did that one time. I I got uh, a rock band had me like a uh, score and accompaniment yeah. for for their thing yeah yeah and that's probably the way a lot of people get work uh with music degrees but uh, i just want to know who's doing all those uh black metal orchestra parts. <laughs> <laughs> the the oslo philharmonics getting all that work yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean who does uh who did isan was hiring somebody I think. I think the Oslo yeah, Philharmonic. Probably. No, I'm serious. I think right, all right. the all the European yeah. metal bands. I think yeah. that's who they go do. Yeah. Over, Over got some French dude. But I can't remember his name. Um, and he does like writes sheet music of their albums. And you know, but I mean for the recording, because like yeah, the, yeah. Os the Oslo feels the cheapest 
orchestra. Yeah. I mean, most of the European orchestras are cheap because they're not unionized. So, like, even, like, the LSO, who are, of like, great orchestra, is, like, way cheaper than any American orchestra. But I think Oslo was, like, <laughs> like as cheap as you can go. <laughs> I don't know. So that My information may be out of date. Like, this... This is from like 15 years ago. So apologies to the Oslo Philharmonic if you're <laughs> way better than you used to be. But I've heard some pretty bad recordings. Like the, like the, the, um, that Hilary Hahn, um, Stravinsky violin concerto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the orchestra's really lagging <laughs> on that disc. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I remember uh, Tom McGaugh, uh, one of my old composition professors. I remember he even he even when he looked he got that disc, he looked at it and he's like, "Yeah, the esteemed Oslo Philharmonic." It's like I didn't even know. He's like, I didn't even know that was like orchestra. <laughs> um, no, but what was you, you said? You have a theory oh, about John Williams' process. Uh, okay. So I mean, it's all recomposed Tchaikovsky, right? Well, no, my my theory is that this is okay. This is my, this is based. You remember the Bill Murray SNL Star Wars bit? Yeah, Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. My theory <laughs> is that that's how he has written every one of his pieces, and I have examples. So let me see if I can remember like the best order. So it's obviously Star Wars, right? Star Wars is, is obvious. Just saying, Bill Murray was on to something. Yeah, no, I'm saying that I think that's it's how... It's uh, art imitating it, life. <laughs> it works for almost all of them if you factor in that I made it up. <laughs> um, for example, okay, so this is so this is Superman. Superman, right? Super obvious. That's like easily the big... T- yeah. and, every, and every time they play that, it's when it's like, dun, 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 fucking Superman... Uh, Indiana Jones is Indiana, Indiana Jones, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, Jones. Makes perfect sense. Well, you know where he got this, the blueprint from, right? Where? No, 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 Batman. Probably. And then, wait, I have more. This theory's genius, by the way. Right. Well, again, and so far it works. Yeah. No, I'm very, uh, I like music with lyrics and I'm, I'm lyric oriented. And so, uh, like the rhythm of the text is important to me. And so I think that's why I, I got mildly obsessed with this. Uh, <laughs> which one didn't I do? Uh, I don't think I worked out Jurassic park, but it's in there. I, I just don't remember the melody to Jurassic park, but ET is one of the favorites. It's <laughs> ET, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> Which that's a stretch. It's, it's a stretch, but it's the right number of syllables. So anyway, yeah, I think the Jurassic Park this theme is, actually doesn't fit that. Yeah, when I think here's, about here's it, here's the thing: I, I didn't think it did, but the last mm. time I heard it, I think I, I found a way to make yeah, it. Yeah, right. Bum, this bum, is some bum, Bible bum, code bum, shit bum, here, bum, where bum, you're, bum, like, bum, you're like, you're <laughs> like, pick and choose until <laughs> it right. until it fits. I can make it work. My narrative. Several of them make sense, and then I'm just, just like, all right, well. <laughs> I feel like he just recycles a bunch of old work and right. It's all re- it's it, all yeah. recomposed Tchaikovsky yeah. or Chopin. And they even like yeah, they know that. like it's in all like the or, articles about him. They're like, oh, here's some of the the classical uh, pieces he references, and by which I yeah. mean he copied for yeah, all these rips sections. Off. Yeah. No, because right, that was the thing. A lot of people don't know is that um, so like, ro- all Romantic era stuff was never under copyright because copyright law didn't exist. Then in the 20th century. Russia did not have a copyright law until 1972. So, like, Shostakovich, you can just use. Like, there's, t- and there's tons of stuff. So, most, like, tons and tons of film music is um, Tchaikovsky, uh, Chopin, Korngold, um, uh, uh, Late Vaughn Williams, and um, there's one other one I'm forgetting. But that's uh, there. I mean, just you just go li- just go listen to any like late Von Williams symphony. It's like every sci-fi movie you've seen. Yeah, uh, you know, and Corn Gold Violin Concerto. Like it's everywhere. Tchaikovsky Violin. Like if we just want to talk about Star Wars, right? Uh, Chopin yeah. Second Piano Sonata. Uh, you know, um, uh, Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto. Like um, uh, Holst. The planets, yeah, like it's yeah, just totally. it's, everybody rips off. Right, like, it's just, oh my God. it's just. It, I mean, you just listen to these pieces, and it's like speaking of pretty obvious. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
uh yeah and they and it's the same about the same level of of recomposition yeah Yeah, so anyway yeah to star wars star wars (laughs) Uh, talking about oh, I, okay since we're on stars i gotta use my i gotta use the you guys already heard this line but the, the world needs to know my my one sentence review of the new star wars film is it's like a new megadeth album <laughs> it's all stuff you've seen before but with some new people and some better production <laughs> it's it's it's, a, yeah, I, it's like on, a perfect man perfect correlation as far as i'm concerned i feel like being a star wars fan is like watching the a christmas story marathon on tnt every year like it's the same thing over and over and over again yeah but it but it but, but you, when you but you know it's it's you do it it's, it's literally the same movie yeah this was yeah. like this is like being sold to you as a new movie yeah. even though it's kind of not yeah I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I, the first uh, new Star Trek was the only thing that didn't make it like that completely is the fact that it acknowledged that it was like an alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. Is that it literally like made part of the story? The fact well, that this is a completely new timeline because the events of the story rewrite the entire history of Star Trek, which is an idea that carried into the second movie to such a degree that like nobody liked it. Yeah. By the way, Star Wars fans, hate mail. <laughs> but here's okay and i'm glad you brought this up though because the, right that first that star trek reboot yeah jj abrams yeah right, this is jj abrams right i feel like his like his thing now is blowing up planets like like, <laughs> like he's like I, I gotta i gotta blow up some planets or else i'm not working on this movie they'll be like jj we want you to we want you to do the new superman is there a planet i could blow up <laughs> There sure is. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> sign me up. Where do I sign? Like that's like his new prerequisite. Because there's there's plenty. I hope that's not too big of a spoiler. Yeah, I don't know. That in case you didn't hear about how there's like by, a Death Star in the new by the time Star I edit, Wars. By the time I edit this and yeah. release it, it, it'll be fine. No one will care. <laughs> or at least I won't care. I'll, I'll be like I don't care. I don't you care. already don't care. JJ well, Abrams. Um. Yeah. So, brain dance. See it. See it for free. <laughs> yeah, brain, brain dance. More speaking of hilarity. Um, oh man, so my my um, my notes start too late, uh, but uh, but luckily I I well, can't notes. I can't forget this. So <laughs> does anyone have uh... does anyone have anything before coat check? Uh, just a weird line of like. Oh yeah, so I guess I guess we should, um, no, we should talk about solid, Midwestern not so goths. solid snake. What did we? What name did we give him? <laughs> okay, so the thing was, this show was the day after the Paris attacks. Okay, oh, was it? Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. Even right. Friday, Friday was the Paris attacks. Okay, and then Saturday was the Brainiac show. And the reason this is relevant is because this is a goth show, right? Where everyone shows up in like their weird whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there was this dude there. He, Six foot four ninja, basically. Well, right. Oh no, but ninja no, no, or... but uh, <laughs> well, no. Well, I was going to lead into that. I was going to yeah. say to give another example, like to set the scene. Sorry. Was the guy who's the dude in Hot Tub Time Machine, the black guy, uh, Craig Robinson. Robinson? This yeah. guy looked like he could be like his cousin or little brother or something. So that dude in a, in a white straight jacket. Oh yeah, just because right. yeah. it's a goth show. Yeah, but it was so weird. I was like, dude, it's Hot Tub Time Machine guy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we're in line with this guy. Yeah. Who, who was, yeah, he was like six, four and he was, he was head to toe in like black tactical gear. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt goes, you're like, you know what happened yesterday, right? Like (laughs) that might not be the best thing to wear out in public right now. Think about it. Yeah. No. And so, and yeah, so this dude was super weird. Um, and then we, I like, I feel like I hope I wrote this down unix stuff and that's when he like yeah. perked up like yeah he, he was, was really interested in our conversation about uh, unix but the no so we named him um oh that's right but we for my first i was like i was like what what who is this guy seal team point six and then one of you one of you goes not so solid yeah, I snake said, I said not so okay solid yeah snake. that was that was great but um so okay 
so the thing was we get there and again like everyone it's a goth show everyone wears like a crazy costume whatever and we try to walk into the show and there's some dude like bouncer dude wearing a sport coat that you know like he never wears a sport coat like the venues like wear a sport coat and he and he's all like mandatory coat check and i'm like what what do you what do you mean like i'm like i'm i'm wearing this because like temperatures yeah it was like we were barely wearing coats yeah i was wearing a light jacket yeah Yeah. and he's like mandatory coat check and i'm like this dude's like twice my size so we go down so first of all the show was 10 bucks okay so it's a cheap show yeah so on one hand it feels petty to complain about the mandatory coat check but on the other hand the mandatory coat check being four dollars yeah. is a 40 percent price increase <laughs> yeah. and an unpublicized one at that so i keep saying this was at santos party house by the way yeah. i keep saying i keep meaning to file a complaint with the city because i feel like that would be hilarious yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's serious like if you're if there's a mandatory coat check i purchased my ticket online at which point i was told that it was 10 bucks yeah. like they should have to disclose all the fee, like, because you have to disclose yeah. like the yeah, service they have to charge. There's a mandatory coat check. So it's like that was I I I wouldn't get the city on them, but I haven't done that yet. So um, yeah. anyway, like you were were you wearing like like a like a like a suit jacket kind of jacket, right? No, I was wearing my theory this that really oh, that okay. slimming like yeah yeah. yeah see, black. I, was, I was wearing my leather jacket, but it's like slimming. a light fashion leather jacket. <laughs> You know, and so I literally was like, this is like my outfit. Right. Like, no, exactly. I mean, I had a hoodie under it, but if I didn't have my hoodie, I would have just been like in like a t-shirt and that was not how I was planning. To, I was like, this is yeah. what I'm going to wear at the show. And they were like, yeah, so I, oh, oh, and the guy, when, when, he, when he patted me down, yeah, I had a little like, oh, you know, yeah, this mini was tube of Advil I had just bought and he was like, uh, like basically it was like, we'll hold that here. And I'm like, I just, I just took some Advil, so whatever. I don't need, like, four more Advil pills later or whatever. And he was like, yeah, you shouldn't take that shit anyway. It's bad for you. And I'm like, what? Yeah, because you're a qualified physician. <laughs> right. Dude who works the door at, <laughs> at Santos, Santos Party House Yeah, at and, midnight on a Saturday. Yeah. And then, if I'm checking this jacket anyway, why don't I just check, check them in the jacket and you check me after I check my jacket? Yeah. Like, what? it didn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and then... We get inside, Whoa. and it turns out, it turns out the it's a mandatory code check unless you're goth enough, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude no, that's had, what I'm... there was dude with like full leather black leather coat. Well, and and I couldn't tell. Like I feel like not so solid snake. Like actually did check something, but yeah. he still was wearing more than <laughs> yeah. we were. Yeah, he was wearing a so lot of gear. I don't understand the thing. But... And a ski mask. Do we not? Were we not yeah, clear yeah. that he's wearing a fucking mask? And like, it was like, dude. Oh, that was the other thing about why I was. Uh, I was saying like you guys should go see Star Wars with me because the theater I went to had a then they publicized this a strict like no masks face paint or like oh, costumes yeah. policy. The guy uh, in the full Cenobite costume from the Braindance show. Oh yeah, there was a too. yeah there was a yeah. Cenobite there. Yeah, so it's so, so I really like I was really tempted to go back upstairs and be like, hey, so uh, I feel like you're discriminating against me because I'm not goth enough. Yeah, well, no, but here's the other thing: the coat check. For being forty percent of the of the price, yeah, they basically said to us, "By the way, we're a shitty coat check," because they said, <laughs> oh, right. "Make sure you take a picture of your ticket." You know, because yeah. like if you lose it, we're just gonna fuck you over. Yeah, and and I did not take a picture of my ticket. That's where I drew the line because at that point, I re- I honestly would have rather gotten into a verbal confrontation with someone yeah. because the whole thing was so ridiculous i would have been like that's my jacket and if you don't give it to me i'm calling the police because you stole my jacket yeah like like you know on this coat check that against my will <laughs> right. i was coat checked against my will <laughs> i'm moving to new hampshire um yeah yeah that, uh, yeah this was all just to get into the show and oh and by the way you don't have to check your welder's goggles in case <laughs> oh, yeah. any of you goths yeah. were wondering I and honestly, can you welder like, goths were wondering i should have we sh- i mean we i think we covered most of the major ones but there were so many examples of things that seemed to go against the mandatory 
mandatory coat check that i should have right. just made a no, list i just wanted to be just pay four dollars and keep my coat yeah like because this is clearly a shakedown yeah so can i like can i just give you the four bucks because i i like having pockets yeah no and and um the, okay so the one good thing that came out of out of the coat check though was so you have to go downstairs into this like past the bathrooms in this really narrow hallway okay so you know I run it. I run in this way too much in New York, and I always want to attribute it to tourists. But I, you know, like you're on an escalator, and I, I yell this at people on escalators. I'm like, stand right, walk left. Yeah. And yeah. I have to do it all the time. So we, so we get and we, I check my coat, and then I turn around to leave, and now the line, which has been completely on the right side, so that you can egress on the left side. Yeah. There is now a dude. Like standing on the left side, just standing there, and I just I just walk up to him, and I was like, I'm so miffed at this point, right? I just don't even say anything. I just walk like I'm like right in his face, like yeah. just like hoping he'll figure out. And, he, and there's like this like three second pause, and he's like, oh, and he steps over, and the moron who did this was wearing an ICP shirt. <laughs> oh i saw that too yeah. Juggalo, Juggalo yeah spotted yeah so i was like of course the dude who doesn't understand how like the line and the left and right work it doesn't burn the, me up the juggalo as much as people who stand in an escalator or staircase like well sorry staircase for people who walk backwards in escalators because that shit happens oh, too oh yeah. my god yeah i don't... like i didn't want to get on like, no, just ride that shit to the top. <laughs> then come back down. Take the other one yeah. back down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You figure if you're in New York, there you would have some of these skills, but apparently people don't. So anyway, so we get there. So then the so then the thing was. So I'd asked because the because the lineup was weird. Yeah, the lineup. <laughs> this was how the show was built. The show was built like four DJs, brain dance, and then. Like, I don't know if it was special guest or whatever, but Jason the Magician. J-A-Y-S-I-N. Yeah. So I looked this dude and up. like more DJs. Or like there well, was, no, that's two, the, two and two. But I was just saying there's, weird, there's four. Right, yeah, right. yeah. They listed it weird too because the, the flyer always had brain dance like in the middle. So it kind of looked like there was a few acts before and a few acts after. But it kind of also made it confusing as to which was which because well, they right. were perfectly in the middle. So that was the thing. I So I asked, you know, I know a couple guys in the band and I, and I said, you know, hey, when are you going on? And they both told me 1230. <laughs> so we got there at like midnight. Okay. All right. Yeah. We yeah. did. We, it did not we did, happen. We did not. We did not miss any of the acts. I, I kept trying to like, like figure out without a lot of information how many acts had passed because when it's just like a dj, <laughs> DJ yeah you can't really like, tell like which when when yeah. was house music and when is like an actual dj set and then there was the only like there was one guy who came up at some point and i really was like wait is this count as a set or is this just like the pre-show music and right are you the guy that right. like, like are you which of these is you and which point in the set are you I wonder if all those DJs work with Sebastian. Maybe that's how they got on the bill. I think everybody who was there in a performing capacity was like friends with the band. I mean, probably. Even the security and the photographers. And we'll (laughs) we'll talk about the photographers. Yeah, well, okay. So here's the thing, though. So we get get inside and, and, you know, we view everyone's deal. So then the thing is, like, you know, I just want to be front row. So I just walk up to the stage and there's this dude with a like a press or not a press a crew laminate sitting on the front of the stage and he's like uh if you could like not lean on the stage or because they're still setting i'm like dude i you i used to be a, a live sound engineer like i'm i'm not he's like they're still sound checking i'm like i'm not gonna like i'm standing what am i gonna do like unplug stuff like I don't. So that was weird so then we stood three feet from the stage yeah, instead of leaning on the stage you know, like I wanted to do for an hour and a half because that's way more comfortable. And yeah. through the whole show, he stood there and faced yeah, the crowd sat, he and sat made sure there. nobody. Right. What yeah. he didn't look like security. No. Like he, he wasn't stopping anybody. This dude was not fit. No. Yeah. I don't know what his deal was, but he, he works out with Sebastian. I mean, he yeah, was but like, he wasn't at the last show. Yeah, he was. 
No, I mean, he, was, he wasn't actually. sitting on the stage telling people not to no. be on along the stage. But he was doing the crew like security yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, but what I'm saying yeah. is he's he didn't get in my way at yeah. the last show where I did the exact same thing that I was trying to do here. So that was weird. Uh, yeah. So then, so then Jason, the magician. <laughs> so I I looked this guy up because I, at first I was like, well, I don't know, maybe it's gonna be some weird like sword swallowing and like you know there'll be dominatrixes like being cut in boxes like i don't know maybe it's some crazy goth stuff no it he's like uncle magic well but like right, right the interesting thing was that like there was a little bit of like uh i guess like like fire eating stuff yeah but then the rest was just like standard close-up party magic right like, that's what i'm pick saying a card, pick a card. card and then he did some card trick that like nobody else in the entire place could see and he did like <laughs> he did like scarves and I stuff saw... you know Every single one of his tricks, by yeah. the way, which I mean, card tricks, like once you get past a certain amount of like you get skilled with card tricks, like yeah. in this direction, it, it looks good. This did not look good. <laughs> no. And like, I could and, see where all the cards were behind and, and his hand. They weren't really like like card tricks for a crowd. They yeah. were again, they're like close up, man. It was like <laughs> you. I'm doing a card trick for you. Everybody else. St- hold on. We'll, st- we'll go one at a time and I'll, I'll get to you. But. You, you can he see this trick. He stopped his show at the beginning just to point out that he liked that I'm bald because he's bald. And that was super <laughs> oh, weird. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh-huh. super weird. Uh, I like your hair, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he had that. He had his sweet, like, robe. Yeah. And then I actually took some video of this. Um, he had a sweet robe, and he took that off, and then he had, like, his three-piece suit, and he had this weird set. And, like, those Puerto Rican strippers were way into it so again so we mentioned this on the last time we talked about brain dance so some of you may not know or maybe didn't listen to that episode or maybe forgot sebastian the lead singer of this band he's the dj at scores the strip club so lots of strippers like come to their shows and yeah. stuff and and these strippers were like way into this magic show like the video that i have you can hear them going crazy they're like <laughs> oh, <that's- laughs> they are so enthusiastic like they are amazed by the tricks like they're just they're having so much fun. I wonder if that was I wonder I bet you Sebastian was like, Hey, we're gonna put on the show and the and the girls were like, You need to have like you get like a magician or something and like he got a magician yeah. for them. Like, yeah, sure. I would not be surprised if that's how this happened. But the thing was when I looked him up on YouTube, he he looked he wasn't performing at like a children's party. It looked like he was performing at another like nightclub. Yeah. So I guess this is like well. his this is like his thing. I don't I don't know. Um, but then he, he one of his tricks he threw a bunch of glitter, which mm. I then like had it, it was on the stage. So when I did finally get to lean on the stage, I had like glitter all over me. Yeah. So that was that was weird. Um, you know why they were so excited? Because it's a Saturday night and they weren't at work. <laughs> they got one off. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for being uh, friends with the DJ. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, there was that, and then he, and then there was like the supposedly two DJ sets. Like, yeah, I like I said, I think one of them was the dude. Well, there was a dude on stage before him, and then there was the dude who was over like in an actual DJ booth after the magic, and that that could have been one or two sets though. I you, wouldn't you have were been paying able to tell way more attention than I was. No, no, I really, I, I, what I'm saying is like I, I know that there was. I couldn't tell you whether it was one or two sets after the magician because it. I know that it moved up to the DJ booth. Okay. And then I remember several times being like, "Is this the same song? <laughs> like, have more than one song happened? I think it's been like a half hour." All I know is by the time the band actually went on, the crowd thinned out. Yeah. Pretty heavy. I think that oh, like the the Pantera scared them away. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no, that's it was right. There's the one dude. Right, there's the one dude. He, he posted in the event page before, and like, it's like that he'd be spinning Pantera, and people were like, "Yeah," and like, you know, I don't want to listen to Pantera, but if I did, I could do that at home. <laughs> without, I could do that without a four dollar coat check. Yeah. So was it like two thirty by the time? No, 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 on? no. They was... went on at one thirty. Okay. But which is an hour and a half after we got there, and an hour after two we and a half were hours. told. Well, I, you got there at eleven thirty. Oh, I said doors. Doors oh, yeah. at eleven, and I was like there at eleven fifteen. And oh yeah, but, but they didn't, didn't. I feel like they didn't let us in till midnight because I got there and we stood in line with Not So Solid Snake for yeah, a while. Something like that. I had a whole story. 
my dinner w- is story worthy, but it's not related at all to the podcast. So I don't need to tell that story. But I got there later than I had even intended. Advice for bands. If your show's on a Saturday night, I don't want your show, if you're the only band playing, to be the only thing I do with my night. Please don't have your set time at 1.30 in the fucking morning. Well, no, or if you do, advertise that. Yeah. Because then we yeah. can go do something else before. Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense for like them to play and then have DJs after, because then you're in like club yeah. hours. Right, and I understand, look, I understand bands that that don't want to tell you the exact set time because they want you to see the supporting bands, but there were no supporting bands. Yeah. Or they want to make sure that you're, you know, probably at that point intoxicated and generally irresponsible self because you're the sort of person that goes, you know, to metal shows on Saturday night past midnight. <laughs> like, uh, it's going to show up on time. So, you, t- you know, you tell people fake time, but it's like, this is New York. Tell me the set time. Yeah. Like, if I can't, get there at the right time that's my fault like just tell me the set time yeah so right that was super lame um but yeah they, they did yeah so they went on at one thirty. um i mean it was good the other show was better yeah the one we saw before um but i don't know matt you didn't see the other yeah, show the other like one. so you didn't have mm-hmm. that point of comparison yeah. i mean what do I mean, you think it, it seemed good to me i mean i uh yeah, I don't know, having not seen the other one, but they sounded good uh, for the most part. Um, trying to think, there was one really epic, I guess, fail. I didn't want to say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> during the set where. So okay, so Vora sings some of the backup vocals, and so they all have these TC units, right? The, like mm. the, like um, Sebastian singing the. Helicon live or Helicon, however you say it. Mm-hmm. And then um Vora's got like, you know, one of similar unit in her rack. And so it's her rack has all her guitar gear and her wireless and her vocal processor. And there was like something wrong with the I don't know what it was because I'm up close we're up close, so like we're not really in the field of the mains anyway. Um and there was like a couple songs where like when somebody wasn't playing or whatever, they'd go like fiddle with the cables, blah, blah, whatever. And so eventually there's a, there's a period where there, it's like a long in, uh, instrumental section and the sound guy comes up onto stage and it like power cycles her rack, but that's not just the vocal processor. It's like her guitar rig. Yeah. So she turned off her whole guitar rig. Like wh- while she was that. playing a lead yeah. in the long instrument, she looked so pissed. And, and I mean, rightfully so. Like, yeah. and then, but then luckily it came back on like on the same patch. <laughs> so, so like just like kept playing, but it was, it was just kind of like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah, yeah it was kind of, that was kind of a train wreck, but, um, I mean, yeah, they're still really good, uh, but I thought the other show had better sound, and they were tighter, and they didn't have Three technical difficulties, and they had a bigger, and they had a bigger, um, bigger stage, bigger stage. Yeah, because yeah. I've I've been to uh, La Poisson Rouge, and in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm going there tonight because that '80s thing is there. Which so, '80s thing? The one I went to with Jeff and Audra randomly. It's like it's just like an '80s cover band. Oh, and it's like every Saturday, and it's at La Poisson Rouge. And, uh, so I've been there and it's, yeah, it's a good sounding room and they have a pretty big stage. So I could imagine the other one. Wait, they do that every Saturday there? Uh, at least currently. I don't know if it's like a seasonal thing or whatever, but yeah, it's like a, it's like a residency kind of deal. And now there's also like a nineties show on Friday, but I looked up, we're trying to talk about the nineties or eighties one this time. And I looked up the nineties one and I remember the eighties one when I first watched it online being like, all right. I mean, it is what it is, right? It's an 80s cover band, right? And so it kind of was like, eh, it kind of feels like a poor man's Steel Panther, but like <laughs> without the metal emphasis, just the 80s. Yeah. And it's a cover band. But I mean, they're, they were a good enough band. Like it was a good time and, you know, we were drinking and whatever. So it was a, it was a fun time. Uh, but when I watched the preview for the 90s one, I was like, oh, no, this is way worse. <laughs> because is it like Dishwalla? It's the set no, list. It's because like, oh, it's, God, it's, okay, first of all, it's the 90s. A lot of people were flat anyway. 
right? A lot of people just sang because it was kind of part of the thing, right? Courtney Love, right? Uh, so oh, it's like the guys who joined the '90s band didn't have the pitch to to join the the '80s band. Because everyone was flat. Every vocal I heard was flat. Well, they could and nobody in tune. It, and nobody, and nobody, and you don't have to be able to tune your guitar because it's the '90s. Yeah. So everything was out of tune and flat and just bad. Well, I mean, so they I could pass on that. I mean, you could do like Samantha Fox if you want to go '80s and out of tune, like. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they're in any way actually connected to the other band. I'm sure they're. Although they, actually, they might be because I think there's some promoter in common with them actually so there might be some dude who's like yo so i noticed you guys do uh covers of 80s songs and uh you know you could be going places with that i got uh, i got this regular spot open and uh you just want to play 80s songs every weekend that's weird though man that's a club like that shouldn't be their every weekend booking that's mm. it must be working it was it was pretty packed too i mean fucking 80s and and again it's it's a, it was a is not the yacht rock review this was the <laughs> correct 80s <laughs> And a, a it was as audience. advertised. There yeah. was actually an 80s show I wanted to go to on Thursday. It was uh, my friend's uh, 80s band and Schism. Oh, yeah. But, um, but like, I fell asleep again because, like, my weird sleep. I fell asleep at, like, 8 yeah. o'clock on Thursday. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what plus, else do we have on, uh... on Braindance? Well, they had three professional photographers. Oh, uh, I missed that. Oh, right, photographers. me insane. Well, there was one in particular who kept, yeah. like, standing in front of one of us at any given time. And, like, I get, like, you need your close-up shot, but he didn't seem to get that thing where it's, like, he knew he was stepping in front of someone because yeah. he was aware of it and tried to kind of be like, oh, mm, you know, sorry, whatever. But then once you take a few shots, get the fuck out of my face. Yeah, he was doing it every five seconds. Right, because at yeah. first I was like, okay, yeah, sure, take your shot. But after a few minutes I was like, um, I'm still here. I still want to keep watching the show. He also had one of those cup flashes and he had the top off. <laughs> yes. And he kept turning it to the audience and taking pictures. <laughs> And yeah. blinded me for like five fucking minutes. Not only did he not understand what that was for, yeah. but they're also just not that useful. Yeah. And like, especially in that gimmick. environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're. Uh, I I did enough photography to learn that well. Like, there's one or two things they can be sort of useful for, but ninety percent of the time it's a gimmick. And like, there was a dude who actually did tests, and it was like, yeah, it doesn't actually diffuse the light mm-hmm. much at all. <laughs> and basically, it just means that you're you're shooting your flash at the ceiling and. But not in a way where it, like you actually effectively yeah. bounce it or something. You're just like, hey, I'm just gonna yeah. flash at the ceiling a bunch and like get a, a, t- a little bit amount of light towards my subject, but mostly not. Yeah. Yeah. I have one other note, and I think I know what it means. It says, "Let me rearrange these waters." So that dude who was sitting on the stage, I feel like there was a point where he took <gasps> oh, Sebastian's yeah. water <laughs> bottles yeah. and like. I think I remember that because I think I remember seeing him kind of like reach in front of you and be like, right. But all he did you, was like, it was like three card Monty, right? Right. right. Like, it, like didn't he do moved them around without anything well, yeah. going anywhere. He's practicing to you know help out Jason the magician. <laughs> Afterwards, I thought you were gonna say at the club. Well, you said they were sword swallowing, so. Uh. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or at yourmusicisbad.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at the one true Matt. And as always, send your hate mail and other inquiries to hatemail at yourmusicisbad.com.